Today's reading um, draws us to the end of chapter 5 in Luke. We will be reading verses 26 through the end of the chapter, verse 38. Later, as Jesus left the town, he saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Levi got up, left everything, and followed him. Later, Levi held a banquet at his home with Jesus as the guest of honor. Many of Levi's fellow tax collectors and other guests also ate with him. But the Pharisees and their teachers of religious law complained bitterly to Jesus' disciples. Why do you eat and drink with such scum? Jesus answered, healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners and need to repent. One day some people said to Jesus, John the Baptist's disciples fast and pray regularly, and so do the disciples of the Pharisees. Why are your disciples always eating and drinking? Jesus responded, Do wedding guests fast while celebrating with the groom? Of course not, but someday the groom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast. Then Jesus gave them this illustration. No one tears a piece of cloth from a new garment and uses it to patch an old garment, for then the new garment would be ruined, and the new patch wouldn't even match the old garment. And no one puts new wine into an old wineskin, for the new wine would burst the wineskins, spilling the wine and ruining the skins. New wine must be stored in new wineskins. But no one who drinks the old wine seems to want the new wine. The old is just fine, they say. Again, we have two stories. The first story revolves around the call of sinners to repentance, in verse 32. What is most unusual about Jesus and his disciples is that repentance is not a prior condition to table fellowship, or even more unusual, to discipleship. No repentance required at this point. The Pharisees were also eager to gather the lost of Israel but repentance, proper purification rites, observing the commands of the Torah, would all need to precede table fellowship, let alone discipleship. You have to show that you are a changed person. And sinners, like tax collectors, were even further away from holiness. If the commands for ritual purity were not observed, would there be anyone left in Israel keeping the Torah? We can also see why these issues were challenging Jewish Christians later on, as more Gentiles were included as heirs of the promise. How does this impact us as a church and as individuals? Do we have expectations of people before they worship? Do we have expectations of people before they become followers? Jesus called a tax collector to be a disciple. Not all tax collectors were corrupt, working within the religious and economic systems allowed by the Roman government to collect taxes for Rome. These positions were necessary, but were not paragons of purity. They were more like loan sharks or swindlers. 
And no true rabbi would really ever recruit a disciple from among their kind. So when Levi is called and leaves all to follow Jesus, he does something unusual. He throws a great feast for his friends, his tax-collecting friends, and Jesus joins the party. As a matter of fact, Jesus is the centerpiece of the party. It's thrown in honor of him. Unbelievable. A celebration over discipleship and no repentance in sight anywhere by anyone. In verse 30, the Pharisees and the scribes object bitterly to Jesus. How could you eat and drink with such scum? Jesus responds to their objections and clarifies his mission. I have not come to call the righteous, but I have come to call sinners to repentance. Jesus' outreach to sinners and outcasts declares that he is the Messiah and that the question of uh, the question is not whether fasting is appropriate, but when it is appropriate. What we begin to see here in both of these stories is that Jesus generally takes liberty with established religious practices. Can you imagine Jesus, a libertarian theologian? Fasting was and is a preparation for repentance. And yet preparations must not be allowed to ruin festive celebrations. You don't want to be all uh, depressed and down when you're celebrating a wedding, Jesus is saying. Fasting and preparations are too cumbersome for the disciples while Jesus is with them. Today, Christians return to fasting and to prayer as we await the full disclosure of God's kingdom. Yet even we fast and pray with hope for the time when feasting will replace fasting forever. These are powerful stories around traditions, religious expectations. These are powerful stories of Jesus' mission and the clarity of that mission. And so as we take a look at these stories today, not only am I asking the question of how has this impacted us as a church, do we have expectations of other people that we should not, but also who is a person of peace? Obviously, Jesus had had encounters with Levi before he called him. Jesus had gotten to know him somehow. This is a person of peace. And who is a person of peace? For us as Christians, as followers of Jesus who are called to serve with our hands and our feet and to speak with our mouths the word of God, the person of peace has three characteristics. One, they will welcome you. That's what Levi did to Jesus. Two, they will serve you. They'll offer you food, lodging, whatever you need. Again, that is what Levi did for Jesus. And they will be open to what you are saying about Jesus. Jesus taught wherever he went. And so not only Levi was hearing this powerful message from Jesus, but his friends too. Today we 
are called to follow Jesus. And one of the ways that we can follow Jesus is by discerning who are people of peace in our lives. Who can we evangelize to in, in this sense? Who can we reach out to? Who is being welcoming to me? Who is serving me? Who is open to me and what I have to say about Jesus? That is a person of peace. And that is someone whom Jesus wants you to get to know. May God bless your reflections on this devotion and may God bless your day.